Hey everybody, this is Opposing a Matrix and it is the 20th of September 2020, 9-20-2020. It's approximately, pardon me, <clears throat> it's approximately 10-37 in, in the evening or at night, however you prefer to say it. And I just had a question on my mind um, and I wanted to look at some pros and cons into something and and see how everybody else feels about it too. And you can, uh, I'm not going to be able to man the uh, chat room tonight. I doubt that anybody's going to be on there anyway because I haven't advertised this show. It's the last minute thing I think I'm doing on the whim. And um, I just wanted to see what folks thought about something. And uh, you could write back, of course, at, uh, well, opposing matrix one at, uh, gmail.com or uh, you can go to the uh, website you can go to the illusion resistance website if you want to and uh, there's a way to contact me through there so um, so what do I want to talk about I want to talk about um, this upcoming COVID-19 vaccine that's coming out um, it's obvious that it's going to come out. They spent enough money working on it. Uh, the different companies, was there's AstraZeneca is one of them. I think Pfizer is another. Moderna is another one. So there's about five different um, companies working on a vaccine. And um, one of the things that I heard was that the vaccine is going to be in three different phases. So um Let's just say that if you get your first shot and it's from AstraZeneca, it's going to be a different formulation than the one from Pfizer or Moderna. So you're going to want to make sure that you take steps two and three from AstraZeneca and not from um, Moderna or uh, or any other company that's putting them out. Uh, I'm not endorsing it. I'm just saying that there's a, there's a con right there, okay? We're going to look at pros and cons tonight. So there's a con right there. Um, if you go to one doctor, let's say, and uh, all of a sudden you decide that you don't like that doctor and start going to another doctor and he's using a different formulation, that could be uh, bad. It might even be deadly. Who knows? Um, the studies haven't come out on that yet. But um, the thing that has me concerned is that I've listened to President Trump several times now in his, uh, you know, when he, he's going around and he's doing campaigning, he's not calling it campaigning, he's calling it protesting because he doesn't want people to feel like they have to wear masks when they come to his rallies. And so he's calling them protests. And uh, that way, if, you know, it seems like when people are at uh, protest riots and marches and stuff, they don't seem to wear masks. So um, this way it kind of covers them. Um, how can you argue with that, you know? Um, anyway, yeah, he's talked about several times about these different companies that are working on it and how, they're, how fast they're working on it and that it might be available by the end of the year or the beginning of next year and stuff like that. And, and I think it's time for people to start thinking about this because there could be ramifications. Since they've built this COVID thing up and to be such, to be such a... Um, such a virulent form of an illness, even though I've yet to still meet somebody that has an actual case of it. There's 
there's something going around, and I've had it, that uh, kind of mimics it. But uh, every time you get a test, and even an antibody test, it tells you you don't have it, so, or the actual COVID-19. So, um, anyway, um, recently we did a show about a doctor over in um, in Italy who, who uh, was basically imploring people not to get the test. Uh, because in Europe, anyway, right now, um, here in the States, this hasn't happened yet. But in Europe, when you get the test, if you test positive, then the rest of your family has to test too. Um, and then later on, they're going to force vaccinations on them. So uh, he, he said the way around that is just not to get tested and don't let your children get tested. Um, I think that's pretty smart, actually. Um, I've yet to check to see if the man is still alive. Because he's bucking the establishment, you know, and um, you don't do that. Even in Europe, you don't do that. But um, especially in Europe, I guess. And in China, you know, it's a definite no-no. But uh, anyway, so um, I've been thinking about this a lot because um, especially working in the medical community the way that I do, um, there's a lot of people that, that believe everything that comes out um, concerning medications and and vaccinations and everything. And when the flu shot comes out, boy, you should see them lining up like little lemmings to go get their flu shots. Um, now, there's a condition where I work that if you don't get the flu shot, that if there's an outbreak, you have to wear a mask, which I'm perfectly fine with. As a matter of fact, them forcing me to wear the mask at work during this COVID thing is going to make it a lot easier to wear it during the flu season. So they're doing me a favor. They're adjusting to, they're adjusting me and getting me used to wearing the mask. So it won't be such an inconvenience when flu season starts. So um, thank you, Kate Brown, actually. if I, I get to thank her for something for a change. Um, and that's a rare thing because if you've listened to this program at all, you know, I do not like that woman and, uh, you know, the reasons why, but, uh, so anyway, uh, people get funny now with, with vaccinations, you know, for quite a few years now, we've, we've seen the anti-vaxxers, uh, the mostly mothers that don't want their children poisoned with, uh, with the vaccinations that are, um, getting out of control. Basically when I was a kid, I was looking at my vaccination records. I still have them actually, um, and I can remember, uh, let's see, I think there was four or five vaccinations you had to get by the time you were 18 years old. Uh, I think MMR was one of them. Um, there were, uh, sorry, something just popped up on my screen. I had to see what it said. Um, there were others. Uh, polio was a big one because my mother's generation and generations before her suffered through polio. And... Um, it was not a pretty disease. If it didn't kill you, it maimed you severely in many cases. Um, so, uh, you know, we received the polio. Uh, I remember getting, uh, I don't remember. It was, I think I received some in sugar cubes because they would, what they would do is it was pretty nasty and they would put a drop on a sugar cube and have the kid just suck on a sugar cube. And, you know, what kid, kid doesn't like sugar? It's uh, any kid that doesn't like sugar is, is considered strange even today. Um, not that they are, but you know, it's a consideration. And maybe we should maybe remember that because it might fit into what we're going to talk about in a little while. But, um, 
So there was polio, there was MMR. I remember smallpox. Um, I remember everybody my age. Uh, I think we, I think all my school um, schoolmates went to the same doctor or something because I, I remember us all comparing the uh, the bandage that we had on our arm, and it was it was quite a bandage, folks. It was probably about uh, uh, you know when you, th- you consider the age of a a four or five year old because uh, we had to have it to go to school. Um, and you consider that uh, the bandage was pretty large. It covered most of our arm. It was quite conspicuous. So, uh, you know, everybody was, hey, look at your arm. Hey, look at your arm. You know, it was, it was uh, kind of like a badge of honor at the time. You know, you got the Medal of Honor. So did I. Um, anyway, uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun, actually. But um, smallpox is a, is a deadly disease that uh, had to be eradicated. Um, it's, it's a disease that killed most people. Not like the flu, where just a few people die every year, and a very scant few. Um, if you got the smallpox, uh, your chances were that you get it. It was highly contagious, and you could spread it to everybody. Um, other diseases that uh, went around, like chicken pox and and the German measles and the measles and things like that, that we all acquired and and got Im- immunity to. Um, weren't as serious and there are those out there that'll talk about oh well you know the birth defects with chicken pox well you know when I was growing up every kid that I knew had chicken pox and a lot of, there were some women in our neighborhood that uh, that bled, uh, bred like rabbits and uh, we had a lot of Catholics in our neighborhood and uh, they believed in having large families and uh, during a chicken pox outbreak, you know, just about everybody in the family would catch it. And the mother was usually pregnant. And I never saw or, saw or heard of any birth defects. So um, you can't convince me of that. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not I'm not falling for that. I, I lived during that era and I didn't I didn't witness anything. And, uh, you know, it's it's something that people talk about a lot, too, you know, but it never happened. So. Um, Anyway, uh, today with anti-vaxxers, you know, like I said, what do we have to take five or six uh, vaccinations, maybe boosters too, uh, by the time we were in our teens? Nowadays, I think it's up to like 92 or 93 injections that kids are getting, and and some of them are so unnecessary, you know. Uh, when I was a kid, we were always told, don't drink out of somebody else's cup. You don't know what they have. Uh, so we didn't, and so a lot of things didn't get spread. Nowadays, you know, you got uh, kids are sharing beers, uh, they're sharing drinks, they're sharing everything else, and especially uh, college-age kids. And so now they all have to be vaccinated for meningitis A and B, whereas those things probably wouldn't be spread if they weren't uh, drinking from each other's cups and uh and swap and spit like they do nowadays, um, and, and other bodily fluids that we won't get into. But um, and and then what's the other one? Gardasil to guard you get, guard you from getting. Um, oh, there's a retrovirus virus that goes around. It's a herpes virus that uh, uh, can give you uh, genital warts and stuff like that. And uh, and it, it can be quite dangerous. But uh, there's a simple answer to that. And, and there's an answer why our parents never got it, and we never really got it as we were kids, as we were careful when we were younger. Yeah, you had your your 
your loose girls and your man whores that were running around, you know, and, and, and you could usually tell because they were the ones that were going to get uh, penicillin shots all the time and things. And uh, uh, so you know who the loosey gooseys were, so to speak. And you just didn't hang around those people. You didn't uh, associate with them because you didn't want to catch those things. Uh, fortunately, I had a grandfather who was a health inspector when, uh, well, I guess before I was born. And uh, boy, did he sit us grandkids down and tell us all about the different things we could get. Uh, so much so that we were very careful and very leery about uh, dating when we were, uh, until we, you know, got into our late teens and early 20s. Um, because we didn't want to catch those things. And uh, I can still remember the VD speeches and the crab speeches and the syphilis speeches and everything else. But my grandfather meant well. And you know what? It it worked. It rubbed off on us kids, and we lived re relatively healthy lives growing up as teens. Uh, we didn't have to worry about acquiring uh, things like herpes and stuff. Uh, herpes, is, if it was around back then, was very rare. Um Yes, some of us do get uh, um, canker sores, and that is uh, said to be part of a herpes virus. But, um, you know, I I don't know. We won't go there. But um, anyway, so, yeah, there are simple ways to to keep from. And, and the one with the Gardasil, there's a real simple way. You guys, you know, keep, keep your uh, manhood in your pants. Uh, only to, you know, to go to sleep at night, uh, should it be exposed or when taking a shower or in a locker room, of course, but, um, and ladies, you know, um, keep a control of your, um, keep your knees together. How's that sound? You know, I learned how to say no for goodness sakes, you know, um, uh, everybody thinks that with the peer pressure that's out there, you got to say yes, you know, you're. You know, you're not a man unless you, you know, you've conquered five or six women by the time you're 18. And you're not a woman unless you've given up your virginity by the time you're 12 or 13. You know, that's that's bull. Um, well, I don't want to say that word. That's baloney. OK. Um, yeah, you you're, you're more respectable if you keep your your virginity and your. Um, your purity until you you get married or you get you know you get older to where you have a little smarts about it, uh, but uh, at opposing a res, uh, opposing a matrix, we are uh, we endorse uh, no sex until marriage. Um, I know it's hard to do, guys and gals. I know it's really hard to do, but it's not impossible. It's been done for generations. Um, <laughs> I have I had a friend in. Um, uh, she was from Armenia, and uh, I guess, you know, that they fooled around a little bit before they got married, and uh, that was a big no-no. And so what they did is I think they, uh, she had her husband cut her finger uh, after they had their their honeymoon, and uh, uh, she put a little blood on the sheets. Um, and she had to do that because uh, in Armenian culture, um, when you get married, uh, the woman has to bleed um, like she's a virgin and her hymen's been um, uh, torn. And uh, and the, the older women in the village, or in this case, Sacramento or wherever, um, 
have to go into the bedroom and inspect to make sure that she was an honorable woman. Um, actually, I think that happened over in Armenia. But anyway, I think they still do it here. It's just, it's just a traditional thing. And a lot of cultures do that. You know, you, you have to be uh, pure and, and uh, chaste and, and honorable when you get married. You know, it's, uh, the rest of the world isn't like the United States, folks. It's not like Western Europe. There are certain things that you, rules and regulations you have to obey, and it makes for a more decent and an honorable society. Yeah, there are more honorable societies than, there, than the United States. There are many, much more honorable societies than the United States. Um, yes, we have freedom and everything else, but sometimes you can take freedom a little too far and abuse it. Um, so anyway, um, this whole uh, vaccination thing. So I, I've gotten into... <laughs> As a matter of fact, I guess I could kind of reveal it here. Um, I was on a, I, I'm not going to say where I work, but I work for a, uh, an entity of the state here. And uh, I made a comment uh, on Facebook that uh, I didn't believe in vaccinations. And uh, I still don't. And I'll, and I'll go to my grave not believing in vaccinations. Um, but... Somebody heard it and got ticked off, and uh, I had foolishly put on my Facebook site where I worked, and uh, although I was using a pseudonym on my Facebook site, um, someone had uh, decided that they didn't like my response, and they reported it to my, who's it, I think my boss's 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 boss, quite quite high up on the food chain, actually, and um, so I remember I... <laughs> My boss uh, wrote me an email, said he was coming in on a Saturday, and my boss never came in on a Saturday, and I really thought I was going to get fired. I really did. And and uh, he and his superiors were very gracious about it, and I'll always be thankful for that. And he said, look, he says, you know, this because you work for this entity, uh, you uh, basically, in a way, represent this entity. And people read this and they think that this entity um, believes like you do. And so all we're requesting is two things. You go and remove the post, which I did. And you change on your Facebook where you work. You don't mention that you work here. And I thanked him and I said, wow, that's very gracious of you and your, your bosses and your and their bosses and their bosses, you know, and all the way up the line. I said, thank you very much and convey my thanks to them, too, if, if you feel that way. I like doing that. And um, and I went and changed those things right away. They were appreciative and everything was fine. Um, but uh, there are people out there and for whatever reason uh, think that um, because your child is not vaccinated or your grandchildren or whatever that um, – that you're a danger to society. And my question always is, and what I always ask, if your kid is vaccinated, what's the big deal? You have nothing to worry about. I mean, if you believe that the vaccinations work, then you should believe that your child is immune or near immune and will not get the sickness that bad. And uh, should they come into contact with somebody that has had a live virus, of, of the chicken pox or the measles or whatever, then, you, you know, that you shouldn't worry about it. 
Um, it's never made any sense to me that they're, they're running around saying, well, if your kid's not vaccinated, we don't want them coming to school because they'll get our kids sick. Well, if your kid's vaccinated, your kid shouldn't get sick unless you don't have faith in the vaccination. Then you got problems because you've, you've obeyed a rule or an edict that you're not sure is an actual solution to the problem. You know, uh, it makes it look like you doubt that the, uh, the cure is not there. And, uh, if that's the case, then, you know, you've gone against your own conscience to vaccinate your kids against something that might not work to protect them. And thus you've placed them in a very precarious situation because those things do have negative effects on people, uh, especially children that are developing. So um, anyway, with that in mind and that attitude running around out there, um, it has been mentioned a couple times by uh, governors and other politicians that if you don't get the uh, COVID-19 um, vaccination, that uh, you're going to be housebound. You're not going to be able to go out and shop. You're not going to be able to go out and go to work for that matter. And it places a lot of us in a very precarious situation. I've talked with several people that at my workplace and uh, I have run into maybe two people that said that they will get the vaccination when it comes out. But I've run into quite a few that said they won't. Now, there are always those people who say they're not going to do something, but they end up doing it through fear, usually because they don't want to lose their jobs. They've been at a job for 10 or 20 years and have quite a, a large um, package built up for retirement. And they don't want to lose that. And I understand that fear. I really do. Because I, w- I would, you know, it would cause me to think twice. I, I'd still not take it, but I think twice about it. Um, there are people that are, are going to cave because of opinion. Okay, Um, I hear the whispers. I know the whispers that go on because I've been a whisperer in the past. You know, Um, you know, let's just say me. I'm going to take me for an example. I decide not to get this thing, which I'm not going to. Uh, My work graciously decides to let me remain there, but I might have to wear a mask the rest of my life at work. Um, But they let me remain. But, you know, you're going to have your people, you know, Oh, he, he, he's the one that didn't take the, the COVID-19 vaccination. He, you know, we got to watch out for him. Boy, if he sneezes or if he coughs, you know, well, we're going to have to quarantine him. We're just going to, you know, we can't be around him and stuff like that. And, you know, better watch that keyboard because he's been there, you know, get the alcohol wipes out or the, uh, we use hydrogen peroxide. Get the hydrogen peroxide wipes out and start wiping down everything they touched. <laughs> you know, uh, years ago, it's kind of an amusing story. I was working for a pharmacist, very nice lady, and uh, uh, she uh, she had a son, nice kid. I babysat him a couple times. Um, uh, she was dating at the time, and she just needed to go out with her boyfriend and. You know, you don't take a kid out on something like that. I said, hey, I'm not doing anything. I'll sit there and watch TV with the kid, with your son, you know. And you go, so we go out for two or three hours and then come home and I'll just go my way, you know. And I got along really good with the kid, you know. We would watch SpongeBob, not SpongeBob, 
uh, Ren and Stimpy or something like that together. We'd laugh and stuff. And, you know, there's a couple of card games he liked to play. So we'd play those card games. Really nice kid. Name was Chris. And um, so uh, anyway, uh, but Chris, you know, because he hung around other kids in school, came down with a lot of things. That's what kids do. They they come down with things and bring them home. <laughs> you know, it's just a natural uh, biological phenomena. And then it usually gets the, the children that haven't started school sick, and it gets the parents sick, and it goes through the family, and then everybody's had it, and, and life goes on. Um, well, anyway, uh, I remember one time I, I came in, and I was... I just got gotten over the flu or something, and I was I was not contagious anymore. I hadn't had a fever in about a week, and um, you know I just had that nagging cough that a lot of times will hang on after a flu virus. And um, I coughed a couple of times. Oh my goodness! And she was breaking out the uh, the alcohol wipes like there was no tomorrow. She had Clorox wipes there, I think, or something like that. And I remember making a reference to uh, another pharmacist that I work with. And I said, you know, she's got her nerve doing that when she's got that little uh, uh, germ-infested kid living at home that spreads it around everybody. Well, that got back to her, and, and it wasn't a pretty sight. You know, we, I, I apologized and everything afterwards. But but still, you know, if, if you're going to... Um, if you're going to have a disease spreader like that living in your house, don't treat other people like like they're uh, like they're lepers, so to speak. Um, and and that maybe that's a good thing to bring up as lepers. Uh, remember, if you've studied your Bible at all, you knew that lepers had to live um, outside the camp. Uh, they couldn't live inside the camp. Uh, they could follow the camp around if the camp was on the move. And I'm talking about uh, this is during the time of. Uh, when uh, they were they left Egypt and um, and they had the tabernacle and they were traveling for 40 years in the desert before they were allowed to go into the promised land. And even then, uh, you know, they were conquering cities and stuff at the time. And during the time of Joshua and the judges and everything, and they, um, when they, if they possessed the city, the lepers would have to live outside, usually in their own little community. But uh, when the lepers would walk around, he'd have to carry a sign or yell out, unclean, unclean, or leper, leper, you know, and um, people would stay away from him and avoid him. And I'll tell you, recently I've been starting to see that attitude in people that uh, notice that you're not wearing a mask, you know. Um, I got into this little tiff with a guy online the other day, and he he realized and apologized, actually, which is a rare thing these days on online and social media. And I told him, I said, you know, when you can convince me that a mask that only protects you down to 200 microns will protect you from a virus that's 0.02 microns in size, then I'll start wearing a mask. Otherwise, I'm just going to wear the stupid thing to make you feel safe because it's obviously obvious that you're fearful of catching this disease. Um, I should say it's an infection. It's not a disease. Um, anytime you get a, a virus or something like that, it's an infection as your body fights off and you get over it. A disease is something more like, uh, uh, you, you name it, uh, muscular dystrophy, uh, something that will basically end your life after a while. And uh, COVID, in most cases, is uh, recoverable. 
Um, very few cases of it um, actually taking people out. And we can go into a whole other show about how uh, the numbers are being fudged and um, and everything's being claimed COVID-19 because the hospital receives more money when people have COVID-19. Um, a substantially large amount of money. <laughs> Um, and so they're they're marking everything COVID-19. And uh, I can't wait till someday there's an audit on all these hospitals and uh, they have to pay pri- the price for uh, them cheating the government out of all that money. And I wouldn't mind being the one heading up that commission. So if you're living or listening to this, President Trump, um, put me in charge. I'll I'll go to every hospital and, and set up an audit and uh, I'll get a lot of that money back for you. And for the United and for the people of the United States, um, but anyway, so um, and I've told this stories before, but I'm going to tell them again. Um, we oh geez, it must have been about two or three months ago now. Um, it was probably back in April, I think, and uh, it was just starting to warm up, not quite warm and. But we noticed that the yogurt shop was open. We were at a place called Fred Meyer's. It's um, kind of like a super supermarket uh, here in Oregon. And um, it's a Kroger store, if that helps you to understand. But um, so uh, we went to get my wife a pair of shoes, actually. And uh, we didn't find anything there. And her feet were really hurting. And I we walked out the door. And I said, listen, why don't you go into the yogurt shop? It's two doors down here, real close. I'll go to the other side, get the car, bring it over. I'll pick you up, but, you know, we'll pick up a yogurt before we leave. What the heck? You know, I like frozen yogurt. I'm a sucker for it. But um, so anyway, uh, now picture the sidewalk around this place. This is a very big supermarket, and the sidewalks probably are um, 30 to 40 feet wide around the, the whole place. Um so what I did is I, I walked towards the edge, towards the corner of the store, and I made a right. And I was staying kind of close to the building. I just, for some reason, I believe that if you're walking on a sidewalk, if you you walk on the right. So just like you drive on the right in the United States. Um, so you, you I keep to my right. If the person walking towards me keeps to their right, then there's a quite a significant space between us, especially on that sidewalk. So, um, so I was walking and this woman had two of her children with her and she had a mask on and so did her kids. And, uh, and when she saw me without the mask, she pulled the kids over almost into the parking lot off the sidewalk and into the parking lot just so that I wouldn't be near. Now there's a six foot rule, right? So 30 feet far exceed six feet. So her doing that was just, a, you know, it was an act of fear. And I have to remember that when it comes to these people, they're acting out of fear, not out of any kind of um, scientific evidence or out of any uh, out of any reasoning. They're just acting out of fear. And as we know, fear is the uh, the opposite of love. Hatred is a manifestation of fear, so it's not the opposite of love, but uh fear is so um anyway so i was like i just kind of snickered and walked and got my truck and they went and had our yogurt and picked her up and we went home um another time we were standing uh 
Uh, we have a store here called Costco, and if you're listening from the States, you probably have Costco's in your city, too, if you live in a big enough city. Uh, it's a big box store where you can get uh, large amounts of things for a re- fairly reasonable price. Um, and they have some pretty good food there, um, especially pizza. They get real good deals on pizza. So we we got in line, and at this time, they weren't going to have pizza. They just had uh, the whole COVID thing was really in high gear at that time. And um, so you could get, I think it was ice cream, or you could get a drink or a hot dog or something like that. It's the only thing that they were serving. So we went there and decided to get a couple of uh, ice cream sundaes. And uh, we were standing in line, and there was an Asian lady standing in front of us. And... Um, and I think she was actually from Asia. Um, and I, I found out that, um, how do I say this without sounding racist, but um, a lot of Asians buy into the COVID fear, okay, because they buy into science and and things like that. And just like well, a lot of whites do too, and so do Hispanics and stuff. But um People that have lived in this country for a while, we kind of um, buy into the fact that, hey, you know, life is life and you got to live it. But uh, this lady, um, you could tell that she hadn't been in this country very long. And um, and they had little uh, X marks on the floor that were six feet apart. And I trust they were because I, I always reasoned myself, no, I'm five foot 11. If I laid down there with my... Would my heels touch one X and my the top of my head the other X, you know? And so they they looked like they were pretty close to six feet, and uh, so we must have been standing at five foot nine inches away from this woman, and she turned around and shot us a look. And I'll tell you, it was everything that it was. It had to be the Lord. Let's put it that way. That kept me from saying something to her, like you know, like turn around and just mind your own business. But. Um, Anyway, I, I had to show grace that day, and I did, and and everything went well. And I think my wife's proud of me when I when I show grace like that. Um, and I know the Lord is so. Um, anyway, so little things like that have been going on, um, and then you read stories about people that are going irate because other people aren't wearing masks and stuff, and um, and this is just the beginning of it, folks. This is just the beginning of. This, this whole new normal that they're telling us that we're going into. And I hope they're really wrong about that because I want to go back to the old normal because that's the way it's been forever. But um, anyway, uh, so imagine a world now where, um, you know, you your employer comes up to you or you go to your doctor's office and they tell you, well, we want to give you this COVID-19 uh, regimen. We want to start it. Let's start with the first shot. And you go, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want that stuff in my body, you know, because God knows what's in it. And if Bill Gates is promoting it and he wants to get rid of 80% of the human population on earth, um, it could be something that's dangerous right away or something that'll weaken my immune system so that later on when something else comes along, it takes me out. And I'd rather put that off as long as possible. <laughs> So you say no. Okay, so right away it goes into your medical record. Patient denied COVID uh, shot. Um, And if you think your medical record is private, um, let me tell you it's not. Um, And you want to know why why it's not? I'll tell you why it's not. 
because uh, you can get a medication like we have Kaiser and exclusively use Kaiser. And uh, the other day when I had some dental pain, uh, the other day, this is a few months ago, I had some dental pain. I went and used a different pharmacy, and that pharmacy was able to tell me that I that I am on a plan for for pain medication. Um, that means my record is not private. It means it's pharma it's shared among pharmacies, and that's a HIPAA violation. I don't care what anybody says. That's a HIPAA violation. HIPAA is there to protect us so that other people can't access our medical information. But if one pharmacy can get my medical information from a completely different pharmacy system, there's something wrong there. Okay, so those of you who think that your your medical uh, information is safe, you better think twice about it because it's not. Um, so anyway, you say you say, you say to your doctor, no, I'm not taking that. Sorry, you know, give my dose to somebody else that wants it. He puts it in your chart. Your chart's not safe. So that goes up to the state. The state knows that you turned it down. Okay. So the state says, well, you know, this guy, you know, he's he's a registered nurse and he declined to take it. So we're going to call up his boss and tell him. And if you work for the state, that's not a very hard phone call to make. Uh, it probably can be done electronically, but... Um, so then your boss knows that you didn't take it. And that's supposed to be a private thing. He's not supposed to know that or not. But uh, what's privacy these days? It doesn't exist. Um, so he says, okay, well, you know, since you didn't take the COVID shot, we, have, we can't have any working with uh, certain populations of patients. Now, this is for me, okay? If it's for somebody working in a factory and, you know, it could be the boss saying, you know, well, so-and-so over there has got an autoimmune disease, so you stay away from them. Uh, so-and-so over there has got this going on, you stay away from them. And, you know, you get closer than six feet, you might be uh, called into the boss's office, you might be let go. Well, anyway, um, so now the state knows my doctor knows, first of all, every other pharmacy knows that I didn't take the COVID, the COVID shot. Um, my boss knows because it's a state entity. Um, pretty soon my coworkers are going to see me wearing a mask all the time and they're going to figure it out. Then the whispers are going to start. Oh, um, now I'm talking about the coworkers that are, you know, the lemmings that follow the, the rules, um, impeccably. You know, that believe everything that science comes out with and and um, believe that the uh, the government is there for our good. You know, those are the co-workers I'm talking about. So those whispers start when you go down to the cafeteria to eat. They're not going to let you take your mask off. They're going to make you go eat somewhere else, because if you stay in the cafeteria, you might infect somebody, even though you don't have it. Um, so then it's going to get out uh, to where. uh you know, other people are going to find out. Uh, they might make it to where if you don't take it, you won't be able to go into a supermarket because you're a danger. You won't be able to go to see your dentist because you're a danger. 
So forget about your teeth being taken care of. Um, you, you know, you see the, the road we're going down with in this whole scenario here. Um, uh, okay, and let's, let's say, okay, well, the state says, well, you know, if you're not compliant without, you know, by not taking the COVID vaccine, how do we know that you're compliant with taking care of your patients in every other manner? So they'll either try to look for a way to, to get, get you or they'll just say, well, we don't trust you. We're taking your nursing license away. So then you can't work. You're not going to get unemployment because it's your fault that you didn't get the, the COVID shot. It's not the government's fault, not your boss's fault. You didn't do it, so you're not going to get unemployment. Uh, pretty soon they're going to start putting you in with other people that don't that didn't get it. Well, the good news is that um, I would say the majority of the people I've talked with at my, my workplace said they're not going to do it. They're independent thinkers who can think for themselves and have done the research and don't want to be part of, uh, they don't want to spot on Bill uh, Gates' kill list, so to speak. So, um, that's going to present the state with a problem because the state's going to have to, <laughs> you know, they're going to have uh, 60 or 70% of their workers that, are, that they're going to have to get rid of or, you know, severely restrict from uh, being with certain patient populations, which means we're going to be burdensome and we're going to be let go. Um, so this, this whole thing is going to snowball if it's allowed to. Now, one thing that President Trump said, he said, well, he says, I'm all for vaccinations, but I'm not going to take one. Now, if there's a provision that says that you don't have to take it, that's a different story. But now we're talking about President Trump, who is a constitutionalist, who is a Republican, who believes in freedom and who believes that uh, every person has the right to live their own life and make their own decisions. Well, that's wonderful. But what if President Trump doesn't get, well, he's he's going to get elected again. But let's just say if his term runs out next time and a Republican doesn't get in, but a Democrat does, the Democrats are all for this thing. You know, they want to wipe out the Republicans and they're going to know that the the Patriots, the Republicans, the uh, everybody that think and thinks for themselves, because it's obvious that Democrats can't do that because that's why they keep putting Democrats back in office. Um, so their constituency uh, can't think for themselves. So they take it and they, they know that everybody that's a Republican or conservative, uh, uh, somebody that belongs to the John Birch Society or something like that has not taken it. So then it can start rounding people up and you're going to be put outside the camp, much like the lepers were uh, begging for food um, and things like that. Uh, if you own a house and you lose your job, you can't pay your mortgage. So you're going to lose your house. If you're making payments on a car, you're not going to be able to afford the car anymore. So that's they're going to come and take that away. So you're going to be homeless. You're not going to have a mode of transportation. You're not going to be able to get a bus and bus isn't going to take you on there because you're going to be wearing that mask and or maybe a little sign on your kind of like a star David um, on your uh, lapel. 
that says that you refuse to take the shot. So the bus isn't going to pick you up. Uh, most taxi drivers aren't going to pick you up because they'll be in fear that if they do, they're going to lose their hack license. Um, so you're not going to be able to get anywhere. Uh, you might find an individual or two that'll be willing to take you places because they, even though they took the vaccine, they they see the plight you're in. And they do have a little bit of compassion, but they're going to be few and far between. So you see where we're going with this, folks. We're we're heading towards a 1984 society. I mean, we're there already, but we're heading towards a society where Big Brother can start to dictate everything that you do. And if you don't follow what their their edicts and their stupid little rules and regulations, um, you're you're in trouble. Um, our own governess, uh, Kate Brown, said that we're not coming out of level two until there's a vaccine. So. That goes to show you right there that um, this whole COVID thing is going to last until a vaccine comes out. And then if you don't take it, well, just think about all the things that I brought up just a few minutes ago. Uh, Those things are going to happen, especially here in Oregon, probably in California, in Washington, New York. Um, Where else? Pennsylvania, probably New Jersey. Um, you're going to find a lot of people are going to be moving to the Midwest because it seems like anybody that's got any sense whatsoever is governing those states. Um, so there's there's a lot of things that are coming down the pike that we need to think about, get prepared about. You know, one of the things would be to get yourself out of debt. You know, if you own your house, if you can pay your house off and you can own it, then they can't take it away for lack of payment. Now, they could probably maybe make some kind of provision with your taxes. You know, they could, they, you know, who knows what they could do. They could raise your taxes so high that, um, you know, what would it be like a, uh, he didn't take his vaccination tax um, on your home. Um, and what about your, your uh, homeowner's insurance? You know, what if they write a clause into that that you uh, you didn't take your your uh, your COVID uh, vaccination uh, that you're a danger to the neighborhood and they're going to raise your premiums up. <clears throat> you know, there's there's so many different avenues that this could go down. Um, I would encourage everybody to start studying what happened in Germany from 1930 to about 1938. Um, how they started clamping down on people that were of certain extractions, those being Jews and gypsies. And and um, I hate to lump homosexuals in with Jews and gypsies, but, you know, they went after homosexuals too. Um, they went after anybody that could think and, and uh, think of a way to disobey with their rules and edicts, okay? Um Start studying the history of regimes and how they got started and what happened and how they started clamping down on people. Because when you study that stuff, you're going to start figuring out what they're going to do to us for not taking the vaccine. Okay. Um, The only way to really to get out of taking the vaccine would be if you had the disease, uh, excuse me, the infection already and you had titers against it. You had antibodies in your body that proved that you had it. And I suppose that if you you knew somebody that had it and you could get some of their plasma 
and get a plasma injection, then you would have the antibodies. So there are ways around it, I'm sure. But they're few and far between, and most people aren't going to know how to do that. Okay. Um, I live in a little, I would call it redneck hovel, little um, country neighborhood. And I'm sure a lot of people here aren't going to take it positive of it, actually. And uh, I foresee a day when um, they're going to clamp down on this whole town, this whole little town here. And uh, maybe we won't be able to go in or out of it. Who knows? But I do know that a lot of hunters live here. So there's your meat. I know that um, a lot of people raise vegetables here. There's your your vegetables. We we have a lot of fruits growing in our yard, so we can provide fruit. So we can we can in a way self maintain. Um, but um, you know, not a, pe- a lot of people aren't prepared for all this that's coming down the pike and. And it's time to start thinking about it. If you don't have a generator, get one. Because <laughs> you might need one because they might cut your power off. Uh, yeah, how are you going to get gas? You know, If you don't have any money, how are you going to be able to afford a can of gas to power the generator? Or some of them now run on propane too. So, you know, that's not cheap either. So, um, you know, it's it's going to create black markets. It's going to create uh, a lot of thievery um, and everything else. And uh, <laughs> watch a Mad Max movie and maybe you'll see what it's going to turn into. But um, anyway, folks, start thinking about what you're going to do, okay? I know a lot of you out there, you know, you're, you're not going to take this vaccine when it comes out, just like me and a lot of others. And... Um, we we got to start getting prepared. We have to start um, figuring out what we're going to do now. Oh, there's another thing. What about medications? What if you're on a what if you got a heart condition? You're on medications. Well, there's a way to take care of that. In a lot of instances, a lot of us are overweight, and if we lose weight, that'll take care of the problem. That brings blood pressure down. It brings cholesterol problems down, especially if you go on a low carb diet. Um, so diets can help to, to cure us and get us off of a lot of the medications that we're on. Um, so there's something to think about. Um, if you're on a well, um, I'm sure that there's a way, well, you know, we talked about the generator. Um, there might be uh, three or four households that'll have to share one generator. You know, one will have to run to, to, to keep the water running for the well. Um, and then, you know, another generator that might be used to, for each house to hook into to where maybe you could run your refrigerator and, uh, and an appliance or two and some lights, you know. Um, they have some generators out there that can power your whole house. And if you can power your whole house, you could power parts of two houses and smaller parts of three houses, right? Um, so there are ways to get around things like this. But the important thing is to start to think. Start to plan. Don't let them catch you with your pants down, so to speak, when it comes to this stuff. Don't let them... Um, don't... How <laughs> they say? Don't let the bastards win. Um, let's start formulating ideas let's start getting together with our neighbors trying to figure out what we're going to do 
Um, you might have to do it on the sly because there are going to be those that are going to take the shot. Somehow working through the conversation, you know, hey, what about this COVID shot? You think you're going to get that? And if they say yes, well, don't, don't include them in your plans. Um, if they say no, then say, well, you know, you and I need to get together over a cup of coffee and talk about what we're going to do when this whole thing kicks in. You know, like I said, I think we're going to be pretty safe when Trump's in office again for another four years. And God willing, another Trump will get in for four or eight years. And maybe after that, another Trump for four or eight years. Uh, maybe JFK Jr. will come back. Uh, I heard uh, somewhere, <laughs> I have to laugh. I have a friend that, um, and you probably all know him, or a lot of you do, and I'm not going to mention his name, but um, he mentioned to me the other day that uh, uh, JFK Jr. is going to reveal himself again on October 23rd. Why that date? I have absolutely no idea. Um, but... Uh, they said that, uh, he said that uh, he heard that from a QAnon post. And um, when I mentioned it, he, he thought that it would be a good idea that I keep it quiet. Well, first of all, if it's on a QAnon post, I know that the other side has heard about it because they checked the QAnon post too. Okay. Um, a lot of people check the QAnon post, so. Nothing that's posted on QAnon is a surprise to anybody. Um, I remember a few years ago, I was at a tax preparer's office, and they were asking quite a few questions I wasn't comfortable with. And and I started to, to complain, you know, to say that, you know, you guys are getting a little too personal asking questions. And then I heard a little voice in my head, and I do think it was the Lord telling me, hey, they've got all your information already, so what are you worried about? Uh, then I I've, I heard not too long ago somebody was talking about uh, you know how you get those DNA tests to find out where your heritage is uh, how much Scandinavian you are and, and the whole nine yards. Um, well, you shouldn't do that because you're giving them information. Well, I hate to say this, but if you donate blood or you've gone to the hospital or if you had a blood test lately, the, the chances are pretty good that your blood has gotten into the databases of just about every entity that wants it. Okay, so is your DNA because they can extract your DNA from blood. So they probably know more about you than you know about yourself. So um, I'm not worried about those things. I really don't because... Even even though that they have all that information, the Lord is watching out for us. Yahweh is watching out for us. And um, he's not going to let any weapon that's formed against us, he's not going to let it prosper. He promises that, that that's our heritage, um, being his children. That's what he promises, and, and that's good enough for me. Okay? So... Um, but anyway, he didn't he didn't tell us to be stupid and ignorant when it comes to things. So, um, again, get together with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives that think like you. Um, those who want to be prepared, those who um, know that time is of the essence and time is short. And that this thing is going to come in like a steamroller if it's allowed to come in. So um, anyway. Be prepared. That was our Boy Scout motto. Uh, that, and that's, isn't that a shame what they're doing to the Boy Scouts? 
you know. Um, I, I was a Boy Scout and I didn't get very far into it because I kind of lost interest in it, but, um, I can't recall anybody in my troop or any other troop that I knew of being sexually harassed. You know, I'm sure it happened. I'm not questioning that, but it was probably in the inner cities and stuff like that. But, um, you know, to bring down an organization like the Boy Scouts that has helped out so many young boys to become self-sufficient, to have some kind of foundation of honesty and truth um, in this day and age when that's sorely needed, to to demean to, to the whole organization because of what a few people have done is ridiculous. Now you're, you're probably saying, well, the Catholic Church, you know. Well, yeah, I could see that. Um, when you deny men, and I mean groups of men, the pleasure of having the company of a wife. Yes, they're gonna they're gonna take different avenues and they're gonna do strange and perverted things. Okay, the best thing the Catholic Church could do is allow priests to marry. You know, and I know the whole premise was to to keep them in the Word, to keep them. But you know, how many priests do you see that are studying the Bible? Um, most of them don't know the Bible. If they did, they wouldn't be priests. They wouldn't be Catholics. Um, so it's, you know, to, to, to take down the Boy Scouts the way they have is, is really a travesty and it's really uncalled for. Um, and hopefully those that are doing it will pay. But um, even now, I heard the commercial several times today. You know, if you were a member of the Boy Scouts and you were, sexually abused by a scout troop leader or something like that call this number and you got to wonder you know there probably are legitimate people that will call that number but how many in uh, in need for uh, for their house to be paid or whatever will call that number and fake it you know how many people will be falsely accused because of this and stuff and i'll tell you you put a lawyer in charge of something and uh, you can count on uh, mayhem, but um, there used to be a joke. What's the between, difference between a catfish and a lawyer? One of them's a bottom, stop bottom feeding scum sucker, and the other one's a fish. So if you're a lawyer out there, I didn't mean to insult you, but um, you got to admit that there's some eth- unethical people in your profession. Um, anyway, we're coming up right on an hour or so, and I don't want to go any further, so... Um, I just wanted to bring up these concerns and um, and just, you know, just think twice before you even consider getting a stupid vaccination. Um, refusing might have some really bad ramifications on your life, but you'll still have your life, you know, um, and this government takeover of our liberties and our life and our and our freedoms has got to stop somewhere. And uh, I'm hoping that Trump will, will come to his senses and say, you know, this stuff stops right now. Um, you know, it's uh, and make it uh, not mandatory, but um, voluntary to take it, you know. 
And uh, if they want to offer plasma, I'll do that in a second. But it'll have to be somebody that didn't take the uh, the vaccine. <laughs> so uh, I should ask my doctor about that, about the plasma treatment. So anyway, uh, that's something to think about. Ask your doctor about the plasma treatment, and then you won't need to get the shot, right? Because you'll have the titers. You'll have the antibodies. So anyway, um, having gone an hour, I'm going to go ahead and close this thing off. My throat's getting a little raw. I need to get something to drink. Um, and I need to do some other things before I go to bed tonight. So, and it's, well, it's only 1130. So, but uh, still, I'm going to close it out. Um, tomorrow night, um, I'm hoping, and I'm going to click on something here because of, nope. I thought maybe I'd have an answer. Um, tomorrow night, we're supposed to have. Uh, Russ Tanner come on from uh, he has a, a ministry where he uh, talks about chemtrails about um, their uh, their effects um, uh, he's got a unique, unique ability to be able to smell them and taste them and he, he's categorized them actually into different um, different kinds and uh, by what's in them and things like that it's, it's pretty interesting stuff and he also has an associate named Laura who's, uh, um, well, what does it say, like natural, a natural health person that uh, has remedies of leaching some of these heavy metals out of your body um, if you think you have them in there, and we probably all do. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be quite an interesting talk. But, however, um, I have contacted him several times uh he's agreed to come on either tomorrow or uh the monday after or the monday after that but uh, i really haven't heard back from him about being on tomorrow so uh chances are he'll be here tomorrow if not uh, we're going to talk about something else that's yet to be determined i've posed a few ideas to the other guys and i'm waiting to hear back from them to see what they think but we will have a show tomorrow night uh, 6.35 Eastern, 9.35 uh, Pacific, oh, excuse me, uh, let's start this again, 6.35 Pacific, 9.35 Eastern, um, and uh, so, uh, like I said, it'll be, uh, I said many times, it'll be taped and um, available for download uh, immediately, but a cleaned up version will be available for download the next day, and um with all those things having been said, well, we hope you're with us tomorrow night. Um, I think all four of us are going to be here. And um, just have a blessed evening and have a blessed day tomorrow if you work. If not, even if you're home and you're resting, have a blessed day. But um, again, use the brain that God gave you and use it wisely and, and use it and ask for discernment. Ask for the Lord to give you discernment about what to do and how to do it. And um, and you can't go wrong with that, right? So with that, I say good night and I wish you blessings in Yeshua HaMashiach's name. And um, till we meet tomorrow. Good night.